I feel like in the casino of life, you get tapped on the shoulder by the Grim Reaper. And he says, your time's up. And then all your chips get pushed right back to the middle of the table. And then you leave the casino empty-handed because it was a fake game with fake rules that didn't matter. Welcome to the game where we talk about how to sell more stuff to more people in more ways and build businesses worth owning. I'm trying to build a billion dollar thing with acquisition.com. I always wished Bezos, Musk, and Buffett had documented their journey. So I'm doing it for the rest of us. Please share and enjoy. Deficits occur when we speak desires, right? And so I love this statement. Desire is a contract we make with ourselves to be unhappy until we get what we want. And so whenever we state a desire, like I want this, I want this amount of money, I want whatever, you literally sign a contract that says like, I won't be unhappy until that happens, right? And so like, I had this thing earlier on where I was like, I want to have meaning. I want to have great meaning in my life. And I was talking to a guy who made a lot more money than me. And he was like, because I asked him, I said, how do you create and destroy meaning in your work? That was the question I asked him on a, on a podcast. And he was like, why do you think life needs to be meaningful? And it was the same exact thing as the happiness versus like the meaning thing where it's like, I say life has to be meaningful and therefore everything that I'm doing, like I create this expectation of life. Whereas if life just is, it just is. And it's the only way that you can actually be there is just pure acceptance, which is why like the whole like shoulds of like, we should work, we should have balance, we should X. It's like, I believe marriage is a compromise. Like these are just statements of belief that are casting expectations out in the world that are just bound to be untrue at some point and then create dissonance. And so it's like, I believe marriage is marriage. And I believe my marriage is my marriage. And I believe your marriage is your marriage. And like, I believe that I can work 24 hours a day if I want to. And that is all period, not, and it's bad or, and it's good. And there's no judgment on it. It just is. And so like, if I get <laughs> dopamine secreted in my brain when I start working, cool. Like, and I will optimize for dopamine. And if I die, I know that in a thousand generations, nothing I do anyways is going to matter. So who cares? Like, that's like the, the opening thing in my book is like, there are no rules. Like we live in this like, this like shoulds and have tos and like happiness, everyone talks about it. And it's just like, everyone is unhappy because they say they want to be happy rather than being like, accepting like Fuck happiness. Like I just am period. And then like, I don't need to judge the am. It just is. How do you, what do you say to that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Cause so one thing I noticed is if you're like, I just want to be happy. Yeah. Does that mean Alex, that you think that at some point that will change for you or something or you're, you have, you live no, with fear I think, that that will change. I think you guys maybe are taking what I'm saying the wrong way. I mean, like, like, um, Alex is saying, you know, everybody has different beliefs and there's no one rule fits all to everybody. And so if I say I want to be happy, that doesn't make me wrong. Like if I want to live my life that way, that's perfectly fine. But the thing that, that what Jack is saying is no, I am like happy. Like I, but for me, I like to make like a conscious effort to work towards that. And Alex can live his life. Like life is life. My marriage is my marriage. Um, and it works for him and that generates happiness, whether he's like thinking but about it. But it doesn't have to generate happiness. That's the point. Yes, right, that's right the there. point. Yes, yes. Like, right, like, but like, because it makes it like, not because it's like when, when people say like, Hey, work, you know, set these goals and like the rest will take care of itself. It still makes the rest taking care of itself. The reason that you're doing it, which means that it's actually not getting around it. When people are like, you gotta be process driven. If you're like, if we focus on the process, the goals take care of themselves. It still means that the goals are important. So like, if you want to make the transition from like a process driven life, which is like, I'm doing these things to do them period so that I can be happy so that I can have a good marriage so that I can have a meaningful life has to disappear from the equation. It has to be, I do them period. Not because I do them. But mm -hmm. then it goes back the other way. Like, but 
Why? Because you say so? Like, because you want to, right? Like, if you want to have, if you want to ascribe a meaning to why you're doing something, you can do it for whatever reason. Wow. This is deep. So, Alex, I mean, this is yeah, what I spent yeah. a lot of my time thinking of because I have nothing yeah. else to do. And this is what my last year was, was yeah. like trying to figure out like why, why I, I didn't have, like, I, I felt the exact same way while I was, while I had nothing as yeah. to where I have now. I feel the same. Like, like people were like, man, it was cool when the money hit my account. I felt nothing like truly like not even like the two day, high, like I, it was irrelevant. How did you learn all of this? Did, was this through speaking with other people who have, who've been there before you thinking? Um, I mean, my closest friend is a philosopher and I use that in terms of like the actual meaning of the word philosopher. So like philae to love and then sophos is wisdom or knowledge. So like he's a lover of knowledge, lover of wisdom. And like we talk every week. It's like the only standing meeting that I have is we talk for like two hours and we just talk about life. And he's one of these guys who like lives in a cave. Um, and it's like he got his PhD when he was 20, like just a very brilliant guy. And so he and I just talk about things. You know, you should uh, share his contact information. Look for some guests on the podcast. Oh, I mean, yeah. he's brilliant. I mean, if you like, Dr. Gashi is brilliant. He's the smartest human that I know in terms of like brilliance and their ability to communicate it in a simple way. And so he helped me get over a lot of the things that I used to struggle with. And a lot of it was just like the language that we use matters a lot because like how we say things is how we think things. And so like, what I was saying earlier, Alex, and this is not like a slight, I'm just saying like, when I hear anyone talk like on my team or, or customers or whatever, it's like people talk so many things over themselves and they're like, I don't know why I'm not successful. And it's like, well, define success. And why are you not? And then what are the, you know what I mean? Like, I just want to do this to be like, there's so many chains that they put on themselves that it becomes very difficult to live. And so like, I spent a long time trying to not do that. Um, and it was just because like I was unhappy and I didn't like being unhappy. And then I stopped judging myself for being unhappy. And then I stopped thinking about it altogether. And so I think that like, I'll give you a really real example for this. Mm. So one of the things that I'm vehemently opposed and I'm like, you, no one give Graham flack. You can give it to me. And like, this is coming from a family who like had al alcoholics and, and drug addicts and things like that. Like, I really don't like the Alcoholics Anonymous concept of every morning waking up and saying, I am an alcoholic, hi, you know, whatever. And then they go into their, in their meetings because what it does is it puts it at the forefront of their mind and they, they literally label themselves every morning as having this problem, right? When somebody who's not an alcoholic just doesn't think about it. They don't think I'm an alcoholic. I have to fight not drinking every day. They just don't think about it. And so I think to the same degree that like living a meaningful life is not saying like, oh, I'm living a meaningful life. You just are and you're not casting it you're just you just are but don't you think some of that is just that inherent belief that some people just have they're raised from that they have positive experiences that totally. turns into a spiral but the people who don't have that who mm -hmm. are used to every day being like i'm worthless i suck at this i am bad at this don't you think that maybe that like first step and like getting in that direction is positive affirmations of like i could do it i can isn't that like that's better than zero like i feel like we're going to zero to one like I think it's exiting, it's I think it's exiting the equation altogether. So it's saying I am worthless. Instead of saying like, I want to be worthy or I am worthy, just saying worthiness doesn't matter. But then wouldn't you get just people not caring at all? Yes. Yeah. So I'm hundred percent a nihilist. Yeah. Like I believe that we die, nothing happens. And like, sure. you know, it is what it is. Right. And there are different ways to take that. Some people are like, life is meaningless and there's no point in any of it, which I would agree with them. And then the other people are like, there's no point in any of it. And so I'll do what I want. 
And some people see that as like very, very, very self-serving, which it might be. But to the same degree, like you are released from the chains of the expectations of others. And most people, in my opinion, that I have witnessed who are unhappy is because they are weighted down by the chains of their parents, of their friends, of their siblings, of the whatever things, the people that they believe are casting judgment on them. And they care so much about that person's disapproval that they don't want to do the things that they want to do. And so if I think it's easier to get someone to realize that none of it matters and then build from there than to try and flip the negatives. It's just to exit the equation altogether. Just say none of this matters. Therefore, I will start my YouTube channel and not care if my dad says that YouTube isn't real. Like, it's not about being worth it. Like, this is one where they're like, I deserve success. Like, no, you don't. No one deserves anything. But you can do the stuff that gets success independent of your deservingness. You can be a terrible person and, get, and become successful. So that person doesn't deserve it, but they did the things that create success. If we define success as some material, whatever. And so I think, um, like, if you can exit the equation of, like, labeling yourself and then just doing because what else will you do while you are alive, it creates some le levels of freedom that um, allow for clarity of thought and also for the ability to take risks that most people can't take. And I, candidly, I understand the difficulty. It's yeah. not like I'm like some perfect, like, you know, like nihilist who just like never believes anything matters and doesn't get upset. Like, of course I do. But like my instant self-help is like, whenever something happens, it's like, I'm going to die and it's not going to matter. And that like, it's like, it just got so ingrained in me now that like, it's okay. But would you yeah. consider yourself emotional? Yeah. I mean, probably. So I think I have emotions. Real quick, guys, you guys already know that I don't run any ads on this and I don't sell anything. And so the only ask that I can ever have of you guys is that you help me spread the word so we can help more entrepreneurs make more money, feed their families, make better products and have better experiences for their employees and customers. And the only way we do that is if you can rate and review and share this podcast. So the single thing that I ask you to do is you can just leave a review. It'll take you 10 seconds or one type of the thumb. It would mean the absolute world to me. And more importantly, it may change the world for someone else. Got it. Because a lot of the times, at least in my experience, like, and, and what I've seen, people that are nihilist, it's easy to, that's like an easy out. If something bad happens, if something good happens, it's just like, oh yeah, that's fine. Sweep it under the rug. It's not, it's not like it matters anyways. Something yeah. bad happens. And it's not like you actually deal with or process whatever, you know, event or action occurred that make you felt that emotion. If we believe that we have to, like, why should we? Why should you feel that emotion? Like, why should we process a traumatic event? Like, what does that mean? Well, I do believe that there are like, you know, things in your brain biologically that if they are deprived of something or there's like uh, some some bad traumatic event or something like yeah. that will affect your so what makes biological it traumatic versus non-traumatic. Tra I mean, I feel like the definition of the word trauma would probably. But what would be the line between like, OK, in like, let's let's give an example of something terrible, right? Um, actually not because it's a podcast and people might hate on crap. So let's just say something bad happens that we describe as bad in this culture, right? In another culture, that might not be bad. It's trauma in this culture. It's not trauma in this culture. So if the circumstance is the same, why was it traumatic? Circumstances weren't the same. Why not? Because the culture. The facts were the same. Well, we describe the facts as changed, which means that we can choose to call something trauma. But wouldn't... Isn't it, doesn't it make sense that people would be built up I'll due to give, culture and environment? 40-year-old guy sleeps with a 15-year-old girl. Terrible, right? Rewind 200 years. 40-year-old guy sleeps with a 15-year-old girl. 100% normal, right? 
how is it trauma now and not trauma then? And mind you, like, this is not my statement. I'm just, I'm, you have to pull an extreme example if we're going to talk about trauma to, to illustrate the concept, right? Mm-hmm. So if it's traumatic in one instance and not traumatic in another, then it means that we can basically change the cultural narrative that we're ascribing to our context and make it not traumatic. That makes sense. Right. Which means it didn't matter. Which means the only thing that matters is that you chose to make it meaningful. But let's say like like the 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 passing of a parent or yeah, like a loved 100%. one or something like that. If we think like we feel like we have this we have a narrative that says if I don't mourn it means I didn't care about them, right? Mm-hmm. That's a statement of belief. I could say that if I don't mourn about them it means I totally cared about them. Like, why does my mourning have any indication of how much I cared? They're non-correlates, right? But it's just because we have, like, we have so many of these belief statements that, like, quote, society or things that we inherit, right? But we just choose to say that this is how life is. And so I think it's just like monitoring what those statements are. And so like one of my favorite, one of my favorite sayings, probably like if I had one thing on my tombstone, it would be a permutation of a a quote by Orson Scott Card, which is, um, we question all of our beliefs, except for those that we truly believe and those we never think to question. <laughs> That's a good quote. Right. Yeah. And so it's like, we like, oh, I, of course I'm opening to questioning my beliefs. It's like, what's trauma? Like when someone's like, I was traumatized, it's like, were you? Or do you just choose to label this trauma and then now you've up the rest of your life because you call it trauma when 200 years ago it was life. And a thousand years ago, having your parent killed in front of you was just nature if you want to go biology, right? And so we're just, like we just choose to create meaning around things. And so like at the end of the day, like end to end to end, bottom, bottom, bottom root, Yeah. all our brains do is just create and destroy meaning. And so we say, this is a threat. This is not a threat. We make like, we need to reinforce this behavior. We don't need to reinforce this behavior all through meaning. Mm-hmm. And so if you can control what you deem meaningful, you can massively shift the odds in your favor because you don't need to ascribe meaning yeah. to. Well, couldn't that be, let's say like, kind of like 500 years ago, you see like a parent killed in front of you. Yeah. Isn't that because all you have in your mind is like food, shelter, water. Sure. And now that we have those things taken care of, our minds go to other places. Sure. Yeah. I just don't think it changes the actual facts. So it's like we have, we have there's, there's stimulus response, right? And so like we get control of the response. We control the stimulus. And so like, was it, um, it's either Seneca or Epictetus who's like, no one yells at a rock, right? And so it's like, if you are the rock, then like just, it, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Right. Like you just like eventually like people just fuck off and just leave you alone. Mm. And so like and if you sit if you see stimulus of life that way in terms of like how you deem things or label things traumatic or not traumatic or good or bad, you know what I mean? It's the same thing with I'm sure with like the hate comments and whatnot. It's like if you deem the comments of of the fans as meaningful, then you will both care about them being positive and you will care about them being negative. Mm-hmm. But if they're not meaningful at all to begin with, then like I don't think you can do either. I think you just either have to participate in both sides or you remove. That is also a belief statement, right? So like maybe you can. So how did you transition from, I'm assuming you used to care a little bit more about beliefs and stuff like that. How did you transition from that to now not caring? And like, did you have to completely change your mindset to where your automatic response to things was just like, what what are these chains of emotions and like Mm -hmm. the cultural constraints and stuff like that that are making me feel this way? Yeah. That did... Did you just switch that light switch or do you still on occasion catch yourself totally. slipping? I just did stuff? right now. I was like, I just said that as a belief. Right. That's what right? I figured. hundred okay. percent. Yeah. I mean, I think you, you systematically, 
you hear, like, that's why the talking is so important. Like, what words are we using? What do those words mean? Like, you say trauma, I'm like, define that. What do you mean by that? Mm -hmm. Which is why, like, when you hear really good writing that's academic, like, the first few pages will be like, we're going to talk about this, and this is how we define this, and this is how we define this. It's like we're putting constraints around the words that we're using because they mean, they, they equate to thoughts. They're just buckets, right? That we, like, say a word like trauma, and, like, it means something different to all three of us. So it's like we have to agree on the definition before we can talk about it. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So I definitely made a conscious effort. So when I was like 19 or 20, I became a born again Christian. The dunk, the whole thing was like, oh my God, life's amazing. Jesus is great. And then I ended up falling away from that because I was like, I don't know if this is true. And then I spent the next five years dedicated to apologetics, which is defensive faith of the Christian faith. So just learning the arguments around like why Christianity is true, mm -hmm. right? I ended up not believing on, uh, in it and I can give a variety of reasons, but I'll, I'll give you the simplest one. Hopefully I'm not insulting anyone. This is just my belief that I'm sharing, which is one of the strongest arguments for Christianity against other world religions is that other world religions say like, so if you do a good job, you go to the good place, right? And fundamentally, that's it's a, it's a hard paradigm because it means that like, at what point are you 51% good versus 49%? Should I have just held one more door open and I would have gone to the good place forever, right? Not even talking about like finite circumstances and creating infinite outcomes, but like whatever. And so if you can draw that line, then it makes, it, it kind of makes it ridiculous, right? It's like kind of breaks down on the like be a good person system, right? And so that's all worldviews with the exception of Buddhism and Christianity. With Christianity, they're like, you don't have to be good, you just have to have faith. And if you have faith in Jesus, then you go to the good place, right? And so the reason that for me, fundamentally, I didn't believe in that was because you actually create another false binary, which is believe or not believe, when in reality is to what extent you believe. It's how hard you believe. And again, you create another 50% line, which is should I believe 1% more? And then I would go mm -hmm. into the good place forever, right? Mm -hmm. Anyways, the point is, is that I, I studied apologetics for a long period of time. And then I was really sad. And I was just like, being sad. And I was like, fuck happiness. I was like, I'm just going to do stuff that I think is cool. And that was like, that was like the first break in the chain for me. Um, my slogan to myself was actually just fuck happiness. Um, and that was wildly freeing because I stopped judging myself for not being happy. And then I was just like, Oh, I'm like, I am unhappy. I'm like, cool, whatever. And I just kept going. And all of a sudden, it just like stopped mattering to me. Hmm. Like, I don't think about it. I genuinely, like, I don't think like, does this make me happy? Does it not, like, I don't think about it. You just do what you want to do in the moment. Just do whatever I feel like yeah. doing. And it's not like it's like all short-term, like all pleasure-seeking, whatever. Like, I still have a long-term perspective of like, <laughs> this is what I want to build. Yeah. Like, I want to write these books. I want to build these courses. I want to do this stuff. But it's like, those are things that I enjoy. So that's what I, that's what I do. I love it. It's great. All right. I don't have anything to say. <laughs> I mean, I had questions, I mean, but now I, I know the answers to them just I'm based off here. I'm just listening. Yeah. Like, I'd rather just listen and not say anything. <laughs> I know. You know? It's <laughs> like, I don't want to mess it up. <laughs> but then I created a belief that now I'm yeah, going to mess yeah. it up. So oh, I'm, God. <laughs> Why I'm does not, it matter, man? Why yeah. does it even matter that I mess it up yeah. to begin with? It doesn't. Yeah. And you can't mess it and up. And then the comments are going to be, Greg it up. Why does that matter? I know it's, I mean, I know it's crazy stuff, but like, I think that like, if you want to, like you can't do what 99% of people are doing if you want to be in the 1%. Yeah. Like fundamentally. And so like you have to have like what I would consider like maybe uncomfortable conversations just be like, that's okay. Like, cool. Like I just, I'm going to do my thing. And then they're like, and the thing is a lot of times if you just even just make your statements of like, this is how I believe, like people feel like you're attacking them, especially if you articulate it well. Cause they're like, why? Well, I, I don't, I'm like, cool. Like, I don't get like do whatever you want. Like mm -hmm. it's all good to me. And so, which is why I don't talk about it as much publicly. How about um, this? Yeah. What bothers you? There's got to be something out there that like... I also have another question. People wasting your time. 
That's that's a really good answer. That's a great answer. Yeah. I only it's the only thing I don't have a lot of. This may seem like a silly question, but if you go to a restaurant and you order something, let's say you order a steak and you order it medium well, and it yeah. comes back medium rare, yeah. do you say something? It's not worth its time. No, <laughs> I, I don't, actually. You don't? No. Why would I? I don't care. But at the same time, I was like, well, a lot of people would be anxious to say something, and I figured you probably wouldn't care about those emotions, right? I wouldn't even have an emotion first. I mean, that's yeah, such I, a non... I yeah, care. yeah. I, really yeah. I mean, maybe like, in a, like, I like we have a, a big ad campaign that's supposed to go out, and like I get all the creatives the day before, and it's supposed to launch. Like, would that annoy me? I'd be like, yes, but let's fix it. You know, like, this is bad. We can't run this. Let's try again, you know? And in the end, it won't matter because we're all going to die and this money is going to go back to the game. I'll give you this one analogy. This might be a good wrap up. So this is like my mental analogy that I, that I, I don't know, makes sense to me, which is like, if life were a game, right? And all of us are given a token to like enter like a casino because we're in Vegas, right? So we all get a, you know, a token, we enter the casino and we sit down at the table to play poker, right? And everybody's playing, everybody's got cards and all of, you know, we're dealt cards. Everybody's dealt different cards and we got to play the hand we're dealt. And depending on our level of skill, we amass more and more chips throughout the game, right? And um, at the end of the game, the difference between the real world and the game of life, right? In the real world, you just, you go and you can cash out your chips and you walk out with money and there you go. There's your day. But I feel like in the casino of life, you get tapped on the shoulder by the Grim Reaper. And he says, your time's up. And then all your chips get pushed right back to the middle of the table. And then you leave the casino empty-handed because it was a fake game with fake rules that didn't matter. And so like we accumulate these chips that I'm just going to push back in the middle again that other people are going to play on. And like the reason that that analogy became real for me is like I bought this piece of land in Austin and I was like, that's neat. And then I was like, how many people have owned this piece of land? It's like the guy you know, the guy before me owned it and the guy before him owned it and the guy before him owned it. And I was like, and they were like, this is mine. And then they die or they sell it. Mm -hmm. And someone was like, this is mine. It's like, they're just chips that just get played with and they just get amassed and then they get redistributed. It just doesn't matter. Like death taxes everybody 100%. So like everyone's like, estate planning. It's like, dude, 500 generations from now? Like, A, your, your offspring are, you know, 500 to the, you know, 0.5 or, you know, one half to the, 500th power of like diluted. They're basically just humans at that point. So if, if your wealth somehow is a big enough that it can be diluted that, that much and last that long, the people who own it are just humans. So to, like, they're so, they're just as close to me as you are. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter. Right. Um, and then the alternative is the people that I'm giving this to are just the ones that I care about are the immediate family. But then when people get resources that they didn't learn how to, uh, use or manage, then it destroys them because it's too much potential energy. They can't handle it. Right. And so it's like, it's really for nothing. And so like, if you want, you can build something that you think is cool, but like at the end of the day, like we're just going to cash the chips in. So anyways, Alex's worldviews, but it's <laughs> wow. a great it's analogy. Just lots of, just lots, lots to think about this one. Yeah. I'm gonna have to rewatch this. <laughs> but you know, like, yeah, you know, what's funny. I was actually thinking I would yeah, I never this. listen to podcasts. <laughs> no, but never. this segment, I would, I would actually listen to this. Yeah. Segment. Yeah. Money, income, no earth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Investing, <Wow>. indexes, <laughs> savings accounts, what credit cards? <laughs> That's good. Jeez. Thank you so much. No, Thank you, Alex, for coming on. This has been an incredible podcast. Yeah. Really? I think so.